Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. Oh, this feels good. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Friday, a lot to get to, a countdown. Where do you want to start, David? Well, I think this is really funny, and I know that it gets a little bit wonky in the weeds, but it has to do with a lot of what's going on in our national politics and even maybe even your local politics. Okay. Uh, so for years, Democrats have been trying to make Washington, D.C. the 51st state. Now, we all know why. It's because it's very, very liberal. That mm-hmm. would give them two more guaranteed seats in the Senate. Yep. I mean, and so then they could get all sorts of crazy lefty nonsense passed having that in their back pocket. And they're basically admitting that this is just a cynical ploy for more power uh, because of the crime bill that the city council passed. We've talked about this before, where at a time of rampant crime, shootings, carjackings, robberies, muggings, they actually want to lower penalties for criminals. It makes no sense. (laughs) It's beyond. So I don't know what else to say to it because I'll go down the same hole. It's like you want to destroy everything. Yeah. So the president and other Democrats are now ready to overrule the city council. They can do that having oversight of the District of Columbia. So obviously the D.C. statehood effort has nothing to do with self-governance. It has nothing to do with these arguments of, well, you have all these people who don't have a voting member of Congress representing them. (laughs) (laughs) It has to do with the raw power grab, because when push comes to shove, even Joe Biden's like, "Okay, no, this this bill is crazy. We cannot lower penalties for violent criminals. Okay, no, that makes no sense. Now they're trying to have it both ways. Yes, we believe that D.C. should self-govern. But next time, okay, listen to the White House press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, try to explain this. Okay. The president doesn't support changes like lowering penalties for carjacking. So this piece is different. But again, it doesn't change the administration strongly supporting H.R. 51, uh, which would have made uh, D.C. the 51st state. Uh, that is something that he still very much uh, supports. <laughs> yeah. So we can't trust them to govern themselves in this case. No, but if they become their own state, surely. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like these people just get out and lie, flat out lie to the people asking the questions. Like, it doesn't matter. They're not hiding anything anymore. No. Yes, we're total hypocrites. We don't care. This is what we want to do. Right. Of course, it doesn't make any sense, but we want to do it anyway. Well, she is continually, there's glass on the floor because she became the first African-American uh, female lesbian who's lied. From the podium. That's true. That is, yeah. Yeah, that is as a, a spokesperson, thing. yes. That yeah. is true. Hasn't happened before. You got that going. Yeah. Thanks, Scott, for that. Put it on your resume. Unbelievable. Yep. And it's just speaking of cities with <laughs> stupid laws and just letting crime overtake, what is this story? Oh, this is the city of Portland. We've documented this <sighs> over the years. It's really spiraled out of control uh, since 2020, obviously, when you have more than 100 straight days of rioting, yeah, that's not going to be good. The short-lived defund the police effort, which drove away a lot of good cops, 
and a lot of good potential recruits, uh, you got this massive crime issue. Uh, I know that you know it's been popping up over the last couple of weeks. You know, Walmart is pulling its two remaining stores within the city limits out. Uh, the, and you can't blame them. The the Nike store is wanting to reopen downtown, and they asked the mayor of Portland, Ted Wheeler, for some help. Hey, could you lend us a couple of uh, police officers to make sure that everybody's safe? Uh, we'll pay for them. The city says, nah, no, no, we're not going to do that. Because um, I mean, they don't have the officers to spare, honestly. <laughs> no, no, they don't. And now... The city is looking at getting gunshot detection technology. Shot Spotter, there are a few others uh, that are putting in bids. And basically what this does is, in real time, it gives you information about where gunfire is happening. Yeah. Uh, and it lets the police know where the trouble spots are, where maybe they need to focus their efforts. I mean, it's a good data-driven uh, method for helping police officers get to the root of crime well and it's in many cities across right, the united yeah. states oh yeah sure obviously yeah uh now the portland committee on community engaged policing this is an independent group they had a three-hour-long public hearing this week on gunshot detection technology and a bunch of people were mad because this is harmful technology to ostracized communities kgw what? shared some of the highlights listen to these idiots Harmful. They're a waste of taxpayer money, police resources, and further the divide between police and communities by putting said communities at additional risk for confrontation with police officers. <laughs> we don't want the police to go where the shots are at. There might be a confrontation. If you're shooting, there should be a confrontation, you idiot. I don't want to turn into Robbins this early in the show, but this is so maddening, man. The poor mm -hmm. people in Portland that have built their lives there. And, you know, we've talked about this so many different times where, you know, there's this sort of attitude, and I understand it. it's like, well, if you live in one of these places, why don't you get out? Your whole life's work is there. You started uh, an insurance business. All your clients are around here. You're, you know, closing in on 50 years old. What, you're going to up and move everything and start over in another state? There's all these jobs that in some way ties you to an area, and sometimes it's family. It's not so easy to move. And it's so frustrating to watch your area get decimated by morons. Yeah. And it is, man. Your heart goes out to so many people. I okay, think you know get what? Rid of the the uh, shot spotters and replace them with moron detectors. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's usually where the crime is, too. And I apologize, David. You, you gave us a 30 second clip. We only oh, made it through 10 seconds. That's and, fine. But, it's all okay. maddening. Okay, roll it. And so this drive to implement gunshot detection technology is clearly based on this emotional panic that makes people want to act right now. Portland does. There were shots fired. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you get. One emotional <laughs> panic, you dope. Yeah. How about the people who live there? How about their emotional panic when they hear gunfire? Well, yeah. <laughs> That's it, unreal. I mean, you have, what, record homicides in a couple of years. I mean, it's just. God. That's not. Somebody just being afraid of something that doesn't exist or is being blown out of proportion, that's a very real thing. There are a lot of mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters who have buried people in the last couple of years, and this jack wagon is out there going, What do you mean, buddy? It's a moral panic. By the way, where's your mask? Right, exactly. That's got to come from one of two places. It's either, you know what? You're soft. Gunshots ain't nothing. 
every day. I don't think that person's coming from that perspective. Oh, gosh, no. It's that, well, I never hear him in my neighborhood. Right, right. So, you know, I'm going to virtue signal and talk about how it will, you know, somehow hurt these poor communities. Portland does need long-term community-centered approaches to addressing our gun violence problem. But what we don't need is a police surveillance tool that can be used to further victimize the very communities that we're trying to help. <laughs> yeah, you do need that. Okay, you though, absolutely but... need that so people stop being victimized by people with guns. And one quick question. Approaches to addressing our gun. What, what was it? Community-centered approaches. Com- community-centered approaches. Yeah. yeah. What are those exactly? Because that's a bunch of freaking nonsense. Right. Street that, carnivals. And... Well, that's what we were told about defunding the police. That's That, that was a community-centered Thing, and guess what? You ran off a lot of good men and women who were willing to put on the badge. You told them yep. that you hated them. You didn't want them around. And now a lot of people are dying. And a lot of those people are black. And they didn't, this didn't have to happen, but you people waving the Black Lives Matter flag decided to put them in the crosshairs of thugs. Yep. Wow. Okay. I know there's a lot to get to. Um, Dang. Is this an uplifting story with this elderly person, David? I think it is, yeah, kind of in the same vein. An elderly man in Philadelphia turned the tables on some would-be robbers. 71-year-old dude. Walking home, he got some takeout from a Chinese place. He's a couple blocks from his house. Two dudes come up, try to rob him. Well, and here's what happened next, according to the police. At that time, the 71-year-old pulled his gun, and there was an exchange of gunfire between the 71-year-old and these two individuals that were attempting to rob him. And that's when our 71-year-old victim was shot one time in the leg. And we do know that the 71-year-old victim fired multiple shots. Yeah. Wow. Well, they ran off, and still no word on whether they're keeping an eye out at local hospitals to see if they got hit. Apparently, this dude was packing an old six-shooter, <laughs> and he emptied it. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that he. Felt a long time ago. I'm going to have to be packing. Yeah. Don't feel safe. I hope he fanned it like they did in the movies with John Wayne where he just pulled back. (laughs) (laughs) I think David's established that's more of a movie thing, but it looks cool. It does look cool. (laughs) You know. Well, and I know you're going to get to this a little bit later about gun sales in America. Yeah. David. Oh, they're, they're already at. The only reason they're not at record levels in the first two months of the year is because, well, the record was set in 2020. Right. It's basically been like 2020, biggest year, 2021, second biggest year, 22, <laughs> tied for second biggest year. And this year is off to a roaring start because, well, a lot of people don't feel safe. And a lot of people are really worried about what Democrats might do to infringe upon their Second Amendment rights. Yes. Lock and load, man. Okay. And one other thing real quick. A lot to get to. Is this a joke or is this real? Jesse Smollett wants a new trial? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, in court. I want to seal the bark my name. This, <laughs> this week, he filed court documents seeking a retrial in his conviction. And one of the reasons why is because they say that the trial judge was prejudiced against Jesse Smollett in his trial for, you know, faking a hate oh, crime against yeah. himself. Dang. They said they sandbagged. The defense attorneys work during cross-examination and let prosecutors strike a disproportionate amount of potential black jurors and one gay juror. So there weren't enough black gay guys on the jury. (laughs) So therefore he needs a new trial. Let's do it, man. Dude, 
you know, by now, if he would have gone on the apology tour and, and went with substance abuse, something happened, and then yeah. I did this lie, and I wish I had it back. Maybe he could turn the career around. But you're doubling down now? <laughs> off. What is it that has you so angry? Yes, the, Jesse. The attackers? Well, it's the is attackers, it? but it's also the attacks. Mm. It's like, you know, at first it was a thing of like, Listen, if I tell the truth, that's it, because it's the truth. Uh -huh. Then it became a thing of like, oh, how can you doubt that? Like, how do you how do you not believe that? It's the truth. It was the truth. And we made the joke that so many people were offended by saying, what, were they in whiteface? Yeah. You know, the attackers? That damn proving a crime thing is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Just take your word for it and you're done. Until his lawyer... Mentioned, you know, they could have been in whiteface. They could have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Nigerian brothers, they could have been in whiteface. They did kabuki on the side. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yes, please bring uh -huh. us another trial. Yeah. I mean, it's comic relief for the rest of the nonsense going on in the world. Okay. Damn. Did you know there's thousands of Russians waiting to claim asylum in the United States, waiting at the southern border? Of course there is. That and much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the Millennial David Van Camp, and the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, so a lot more people at the southern border waiting to get into the United States to claim asylum. Uh, yeah, and, you know, this isn't just people coming up from Central or South America or Mexico. It's from all over the world. We know this. Mm -hmm. uh, well, the, the latest trend, I guess the snowballing trend, is a lot of Russians are showing up at the southern border. A lot of wealthy Russians are showing up at the southern border. They're renting, you know, Airbnbs, they're renting nice places, and they're connecting with people who can get them across or help them make an asylum claim because Joe Biden made it easier to claim asylum. So it's an estimated uh, about 5,000 Russians waiting at the southern border to come into the United States. Now I want to give you a stat here, <clears throat> okay. or a couple of stats, just for comparison here. Uh, Border Patrol agents a year ago reported about 415 arrests of Russians trying to get into the country illegally. Okay. Uh, since October, they've arrested 4,700 Russians. Wow. <laughs> trying to come in. And there's another 5,000 on the other side of the border waiting to come in. Hmm. So is it a case of some of the people at the border saying, uh, we'll let some of these other people in? You guys, no. You give, No, no, th this isn't the type we're looking for. I don't think that's the case. No, no, they're, they're just, they've got this, again, they got this app, the federal government. Right. They rolled out this app that you can mark your place in line and come on in, you're fine. You can come in and you can work legally. Well, I'm thinking at some point for these Russians that have the money, I mean, there's going to be a VIP section. Well, of course, yeah. Okay, it's like the gold circle tickets. All okay. access passes? The, it, yes. Yeah. The Airbnb, that's just part of it. And then, you know, it's not just going to be these buses. It's going to be chartered flights yeah. to these different cities across the United States. Right, exactly. we got some kind of weird DMV system going on, don't we? 
How so? Where you get your number and you're in line, and when they call your number, you get to go forward? Pretty much, yeah. 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 It's worked well for the DMV. Smooth as silk. <laughs> yeah. For the... For the Russians that have money, they just get up in line a little bit. Yeah. That's how that goes. They'll, they have five numbers. As long as they will vote Democrat once they get here. That's the main thing, right? Or, or as long as they're siphoning or they're putting enough money into the bank account of Hunter Biden. Yes. Then it's fine. That's worked. Man, I remember the end of last year talking about everything with Russia and the fact that Sting had resurrected his 1985 song, Russians, because it was relevant again. Yeah. And David... Being a, you know, a millennial had never heard it because it came out two years before he was born. And playing a part of it in the sour look on your face. Believe me when I say to you, I hope the Russians love their children too. You know, the amazing God. thing is that sounds nothing like any other song that Sting has done. <laughs> Completely unique. <laughs> Completely unique. Uh, on a lighter note, uh, they do this every year. They talk about the weirdest law in all 50 states. Mm-hmm. It's always fun to go through a few of these. Yeah. Um, the one in California, and I don't remember hearing this before, but you can't eat frogs that died in a frog jumping competition. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, you got to okay. you, you test them for performance enhancing drugs first. <laughs> <laughs> but not the ones that competed right. in this athletic endeavor. They're juiced up. Uh, in Kansas, kids over 14 can't use playgrounds. I don't mind that at all. Yeah. Okay. Don't be bullying the little kids that just want to go down the slide. Um, in Nebraska, technically, you can't get married if you have an STD. <laughs> wow. I mean, I don't know, man. If you've got the herps, maybe it's better to be in a monogamous relationship. Uh, yeah, that's probably true. You know, and just put it on the dating app. Right. Yeah, looking for somebody else with the herps. <laughs> herps wanted. I, I, I knew a lady in her 30s at the time. Oh. It was the third date that the guy told her that he had the herps. Oh. And I, when do, if you're on the dating app, is that something you say ahead of time? Because well, I think you're trying to get at it. Like, could you fall in love with me a little bit and then I'll break the news to you? Because if I tell you up front, I'm not going to get a date. If you're a guy who has herps, you just change your gender. The female doesn't have herps. The male does. You're not that that person. And a news update next. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. As always, thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, there's a difference between wokeism and liberalism. And Bill Maher is trying to point that out. He did an interview this week with Jake Tapper, the tap at CNN. Yeah, saw that. Okay, you know they've tried to recruit Bill Maher into CNN, and now he's somehow part of the network or part of the creative element yeah. of CNN. Yeah, they're, well, they're they're airing the overtime portion of his show on HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, what, sometime late night on CNN on Fridays. Yeah. And a lot of people have thought that's been out of desperation. Mm-hmm. They, they've got to do something different because their ratings have never been worse. And I wondered after hearing this clip I'm going to play for you, 
if there's also something else involved in that CNN understands that wokeism has gone bug nuts crazy, to use one of your phrases, Scott, Mm -hmm. and that they have to have someone just speak common sense on that network without getting obliterated by the audience or someone that can take those sort of shots from the crazy people that watch CNN. Mm -hmm. They've got to get somehow back toward the middle. Because as this interview is happening with Jake Tapper, Tapper has the same look on his face, and it's like he's constipated and trying to relieve himself. (laughs) It's very troubled. It's He's gripping. Yes, very much so. And Bill Maher's just talking. But Jake looks so troubled by what he's saying and not quite sure and just really trying to contemplate it. Because I think if he was nodding along, it would say, yeah, I agree with you, and they can't have that. So I wonder if that's part of the play. But here's Bill Maher trying to explain how wokeism is different. Okay. Roll it. I think it's this collection of ideas that uh, are not building on liberalism, but very often undoing it. I mean, five years ago, I don't, I, Abraham Lincoln was not a controversial figure among liberals. We liked him. <laughs> now they take his name off schools and tear down his statues. Really? Lincoln isn't good enough for you? Um, You know, five, ten years ago, bedrock liberalism was we are striving to be a colorblind society where we don't see race. Um, Of course, we see it, but it doesn't matter. That's not what woke is. Woke is something very different. It's it's identity. It's we see it all the time. It's always the most important thing. I don't think that's liberalism. No, to his point, now if you say, I try not to see color, that means you're racist. That's a sign you're racist. did that happen? If you are trying to follow the teachings of Martin Luther King Jr., you are in fact racist. That is crazy. Following the teachings of Christ. Yes. You're a nut. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought that was a... Pretty good point there. Again, you you change the definitions and then you say, I'm more conservative. I believe what I've always believed. You change these things and then you yell at me for it. But the thing that's odd, and I don't know if you've seen this with people, you know, from the left, friends, family, whoever, that maybe watch CNN. It's not like they are in the same boat as Bill Maher, where they still believe the same things that they believed five years ago. Mm-mm. It's like they've been brainwashed mm-hmm. by what's been thrown out there, and now they're regurgitating the talking points of, yeah, if you really try to say you don't see color, you are racist. Yeah. You're like, what are you talking about? How did you right. change on that? Yeah, I, I, I disagree with Bill Maher in that there is a difference between liberalism and wokeism. I, I kind of do, too. I there. think yeah. he's just been left behind by where liberalism has gone. Interesting, and, and yeah. part of it is because look, you have a, a you had initially a younger generation of very idealistic kids with liberal arts degrees who hijacked the entire meaning of being liberal. Well, now you know people like a Bill Maher, somebody maybe a little bit older who may not be into the crazy wokeness stuff, doesn't really understand what all of it is. Mm-hmm. But they reflexively think, well, if this generation is telling me that this is what it means to be a liberal, then I'm going to go along with it. I, I mean, okay, uh, you know what? And this is anecdotal. I agree with that. To push back on that idea a little bit, mm-hmm. I listened to a long interview with Jordan Peterson and 
Christopher Rufo. Rufo, if you're not familiar, has done a whole lot of writing in the last, you know, four or five years on critical race theory, um, the trans agenda. He's been out front, okay? And so in this conversation, you come to learn that Rufo, you know, started out as the maker of documentaries and was very much on the left. Che Guevara poster was on his wall as a kid. He wasn't joking. I mean, it's far left growing up. But once he started really exploring, you know, a whole lot of different things, he was like, oh, my gosh, what I've been taught is completely wrong. Mm -hmm. And this critical race theory thing is, you know, insane. This this isn't something we should be teaching kids. It completely divides people. That's where he started. And now he's known as a crazy right winger. Right. Right. He said in that interview, he knows so many people he used to work with, whether it was, you know, academia, movie making and documentaries that totally agree with him. They may not agree with his tactics or how strong he is in his opinions when he puts it out in public, but they agree with it's gone nuts as far as both of those topics, Mm -hmm. the trans agenda and critical race theory, but they can't say it. Mm Mm-hmm. So you can say, well, you know, what's worse, someone that believes it or someone that's a coward that won't stand up yeah. to it? Yeah, you can make that decision, but it is this weird no, thing. No, you're right. My dad was a dyed-in-the-wool Democrat. I grew up in a household of Democrats. He was a union guy, mm-hmm. Democrat, Truman Democrat. Mm-hmm. Then he was an LBJ Democrat, John Kennedy Democrat, even a Bill Clinton Democrat before he passed. Mm-hmm. He was also a man of faith. He wouldn't be oh. accepted in that party anymore. No. He wouldn't be accepted no. in that party anymore. No. And I, I can't see my father going, yeah, if you say you're a girl, you're a girl. I can't see him agreeing with that. And I also can't see him going, yeah, CRT is perfect. You should be teaching that. Right. They well, wouldn't. Well, the other because thing, it's gone so far to the left. <laughs> well, the other thing is, man, say, you know, in a traditional uh, Protestant church in America. Yeah. Okay, pretty clear what they believe. Well, half those churches have went woke. They had to, or they felt like yeah. they had to, because there was a lot of screaming going on. Well, that's what, that's why you got all the church splits. I agree, because all of a sudden, half the churches decided, you know what, we've got to rewrite the Bible to be a little more user friendly for the audience. Yeah. That's not the way it works. Well, man. it's torn the United Methodist Church apart. Oh yeah, apart. Yes, no doubt about it. Several different denominations oh, yeah. yep. have gone that Episcopalians, way. Episcopalians, uh, Presbyterians. I mean, it's. There's a lot Lutherans. of denominations. Yeah, Lutherans, another good yes. example. Gosh, yeah. dang. Yeah, it's yeah. wild. All right, I know we got to move on. That time of the show, we're always looking at different stories out there. Might not be the biggest story you saw, but it caught your attention. Today, David, what's your story? Well, it has to do with John Fetterman, a Democrat senator out of Pennsylvania. He's still in the hospital being treated for clinical depression. And just if you're not familiar, he had a stroke last year that almost killed him, but the people around him pushed him to continue to run for Senate. So as the story goes, he's basically nuked any chance he had at a real recovery from the stroke. It is so sad, and that has exacerbated apparently what has been a lifelong struggle with depression. Now, while he was in the hospital, his wife took the kids to Canada. And they ziplined over Niagara Falls. That was the first instinct, was to leave the country. That's what she said. And there's pictures all over social media, by the way, yeah. of them doing that. Yeah. So people were fairly critical of that. Like, ah, geez, man, I don't know. That's kind of weird. Uh, and she's now being portrayed in legacy media as a victim. But now this is a really interesting thing. There's a, a publication called the Los Angeles Blade 
that did an interview with her because she is bisexual. And apparently this is a uh, gay news publication. Okay. Uh, and it's coming back around. This was published in December. But boy, is it illuminating. Uh, part of the, or the way that the article ends is she, uh, Giselle Fetterman, the wife, uh, mm -hmm. insists that their marriage operates with the unspoken understanding that Giselle is always right when there is a difference of opinion. <laughs> On that latter point, should anyone long for the same dynamic with their spouse or significant other, Giselle Fetterman offers the following advice. You just have to be really confident in your truth. <laughs> then you just, like, ignore him when he's speaking. <laughs> Why do you think that she's a bad guy? Because she's a bad guy. <laughs> I'll never get over it, man, when they go to, like, there, there are all these pictures of, of, of her and her husband at some gay pride event. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, she's wearing the shirt that says by wife or by woman, I don't, advertising that she's yes. bisexual. And yeah. I just think that is so disrespectful to your husband. I don't care if you're bisexual or not, but you are married with kids. You can't be out there advertising. You know, I play for the other team, too. No, it doubles your but chances. I've made the comparison. It's like if I show up at a music festival with my wife wearing a shirt saying, I like blondes, too. <laughs> That'd be extremely disrespectful <laughs> to my wife. Do you see what you're Matt just saying that you're not a strong enough man <laughs> to be with a woman it. like Giselle. <laughs> okay, sure. Did, did you see? Did you guys see what Matt Walsh did with this? No. He called her one of the worst wives in America. He said a title reserved for those who push their husbands into humiliating and self-destructing situations. I think if they were to make an unholy worst wife's trinity, it would look like this. Fetterman, Jill Biden, Meghan Markle. Yes. He said right now they're jostling yeah. for position as to who number one will be. <laughs> All right, Scott, what's your story? Uh, my story is an interesting one that kind of broke yesterday, and it had to do with uh, the uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is now being investigated, uh, congressional investigation going on. So I thought, well, this is kind of interesting. How's the news going to handle this? Mm-hmm. So ABC, World News Tonight, CBS Evening News, NBC Nightly News completely ignored it. That she potentially violated ethics rules by improperly accepting gifts. Now, all three of those networks, though, instead continued beating on Representative George Santos for his ethics violations. Yeah, she's untouchable. AOC man. gets a pass. George Santos, who has become a punching bag, by the way. <laughs> Just continues to get obliterated <laughs> constantly. Yeah, I'm all for getting rid of both of them. Oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not defending Santos at all. He deserves to be a yeah. punching bag. But so does she. Yeah. Uh, for my story, it was something we mentioned briefly yesterday. Hershey's going woke, especially in Canada, because you know it's Women's History Month. I knew that. And they have the commemorative she bar. See, it's... The pronouns her, she. Ah. Got it. Clever. It, yes. So what they have is this biological dude uh, that thinks he's a woman in this ad talking about the she bar. That I can play it for you. You don't get the visual of this person. I've seen the visual of this person. Uh, Yeah. Oh, boy. My name is Faye Johnstone. I'm the executive director of Wisdom to Action. We can create a world where everyone is able to live in public space as their honest and authentic selves. See the woman changing how we see the future at Hershey's Canada. 
Public space. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. Are you talking about in the restrooms with the little girls? No, you're not going to do that. Anywhere else, I don't care. Whatever. The way most people are. So all of a sudden I happened to see this at Daily Wire today after seeing that story yesterday about Hershey's. And the headline says, nuts or nutless. The Daily Wire launches Jeremy's Chocolates after Hershey's trans farce insults customers. <laughs> and if you remember Jeremy's Razors? Yes. After Harry's went all woke and it was disgusted by the Daily Wire. Right. And I'm like, wait a second. What, for saying that a biological man is not a woman? You're offended by that? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll just start my own razor company. And now they're doing their chocolates. So, uh... The co-founder of Daily Wire, Jeremy Boring, said, uh, okay, fine, I'll do it. Introducing Jeremy's chocolates. Yes, it's real. We have two kinds. He, him, and she, her. One of them has nuts. One of them doesn't. (laughs) If you need me to tell you which one, keep buying Hershey's. (laughs) (laughs) I I just got to say, well played. No kidding. That's pretty good. (laughs) My gosh, man. The virtue signaling yeah. some of these companies. Um, got a Pete Buttigieg update about one of his protégés. You'll want to hear this straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, Pete Boot Edge Edge. Been a rough couple of weeks. Yeah. Pothole Pete. It has been. And now one of his protégés has been arrested for, well, possession and distribution of child pornography. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, this is a gay activist and Democrat mayor of College Park, Maryland, a guy named uh, Patrick Lewis Wojohn who is a regular White House guest and the first openly gay man to take mayoral office in his city. He is charged with 40 counts of possession of child sexual exploitive uh, exploitive material and 16 felony counts of distribution of child porn. Uh, yeah. So this is here's another example, though, sort of like the Atlanta area couple where you have some of the most out front uh, virulent activists. I'm not talking about just gay people. I mean, like, act people in the activist yep. class who are involved in this stuff. Dude, that is one of the most horrific stories you could read. And legacy media ignored it. Yep. yep. Well, that, yeah, the Atlanta area one where there yes. was a gay rights activist couple that adopted oh, kids gosh. in order to rape them and film it and send it to their friends. And they even... Pimped, pimped out, them out the kids yeah it's disgusting yes um and in this case i mean you've got you got a guy who was uh, kind of cozied up to people in the white house including pete Buttigieg. they met at the uh, u.s council of mayors or whatever it's called the conference of mayors i guess uh a few years ago and pete Buttigieg kind of took him under his wing oh boy and they've and they've kept been, in contact, yeah, whatever, they kept in contact, and, and all of this stuff. I mean, it's it's very. Do you know, odd. has anyone asked Pete about this? I, you know, I don't know. What I did think was interesting was that the Washington Post had an entire article about this guy. Never mentioned he was a Democrat, at least in <laughs> well. the initial publication of it. 
It's just total propaganda. The comical. Pete met him at an airport. <laughs> <laughs> On a lighter note, this was a conversation going online. It's been shared around. It was professions that would be marriage deal breakers. Can you think of a profession, someone you met, say you're single, mm. but they do this job. It's like, no, I can't do it. That's easy. Divorce lawyer. You know what? And that was mentioned. <laughs> Absolutely, that Democratic was mentioned. Democratic Party chairman. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, too, yeah. Uh, people mentioned celebrities, mid-level marketing, stand-up comedians. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, news update, David Van Camp. Well, this is really interesting. Uh, the Washington Examiner is reporting something about some of, I don't know, uh, Hunter Biden's business deals with the Chinese Communist Party. Mm-hmm. And this is quite enlightening because now it happened. This is what happened in 2015 while Vice President, while Joe Biden was still the vice president. So... Hunter Biden made money off of a deal that helped a Chinese military company buy an auto manufacturer here in the U.S., which was used to strengthen the People's Liberation Army. His investment firm, BRH Partners, worked with an outfit called ABIC Automotive, that's the Chinese company, to buy a Michigan-based auto manufacturer in 2015. Now, ABIC is a Chinese military company considered to be the largest defense company in the world. Multiple subsidiaries of this co- of this company have been sanctioned by the U.S. over the last several decades. And in wow. fact, in 2001, the company pleaded guilty, or that subsidiary pleaded guilty to violating import and export law in the United States. So uh, now you have the manufacturing plant in Michigan. Uh-huh. And so the deal involving Hunter Biden was the largest... Chinese investment into U.S. auto manufacturing to date. Now, he, uh, so he made money off this deal, obviously, and as a board member of the company that helped secure this investment, you put together what we already know about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and James Biden's, uh, the brother of the president, um, you know about their business relationships where maybe 10% was going to the big guy? Yes, it's been documented. Boy, it's very interesting that maybe, just maybe, you know, Hunter Biden used the juice of his father to get this deal done, and maybe, just maybe, Joe Biden profited off of it while he was the vice president. I mean, if you had to bet money on it right now, wouldn't you say absolutely? Uh, Yeah. Of course you would, because we're all just common sense people. And I know at different times you wonder the decisions we've made as a country about China and how we're so soft on China in a number of different ways. And you bring up 
Does it enter, enter anybody's mind it's because someone's compromised, like, I don't know, the president because of his past business dealings What's with the, China? I what, mean, would, you, what would the other reason be? You tend to be compromised in yeah. those situations. And then a right-wing kook. Right. Well, no. Wait, it's, it, it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You can't ask the question? Well, I, I mean, look, here, here's the deal. Uh, I'm not going to take any sort of insult from the same people who were convinced that Donald Trump was a Russian spy. Correct. Okay. No, right. no, 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 no. You don't get to play the conspiracy theorist card anymore. Right. Or uh, COVID-19 obviously came from nature. Right. <laughs> conspiracy theorist kook. Once you have the shot, you can do whatever you want. You can't get it anymore. You right. can't pass it on to anyone. But, hey, documented right. evidence of a cozy business relationship between the Chinese Communist Party and the son of the president, and maybe the president was getting a kickback for some of these deals that were going on. Oh, that's that's just a wild conspiracy theory, okay? Right. I don't have to worry about it. Hunter Biden on the board of Burisma and Ukraine, anything yeah. now with us in Ukraine? Don't be silly. Has nothing to do with that. Oh, okay. Just remember in the last five years... Who's been called a conspiracy theorist and who's turned out to be right? Mm -hmm. And who's still not apologizing for being wrong and pushing the crap? Yeah. Wow. That's wild. You know what? Totally different story. Um, but I thought this was interesting, just talking about the powers that be lying or trying to hide things. And this was a piece from The Guardian. And it's written by a guy named Stephen Lester, toxicologist and uh, science director at the Center for Health, Environment, and Justice. Okay, and he's writing about the uh, disaster in East Palestine, Ohio. And said, so, you know, the decision to release and burn five tanker cars of vinyl chloride and other chemicals at the site of that 38-car derailment um, unleashed that giant cloud full of particulates that enveloped surrounding neighborhoods and farms in Ohio and Pennsylvania, right? You know, it's well documented that burning chlorinated chemicals like vinyl chloride will generate dioxins. Then he goes on to explain what dioxins are. For the sake of this, I don't need to go into all that. But it's probably important to let you know it's important because of the adverse health effects associated with exposure to dioxins can cause cancer, reproductive damage, developmental problems, type 2 diabetes heart disease, infertility in adults, impairment of the immune system, and skin lesions. When I read that part about skin lesions, remember seeing the people that had the lesions on their face? Yes. You're like, oh my goodness, man. And so the dude's writing about the different people in the area, you know, 15 miles away, saying, yeah, the black cloud smothered the, our entire property. You know, I mean, can my kids play in the yard? Uh, could I grow a garden there? What's going to happen to the farm animals? All these questions. Yeah. So he says, you know, the EPA is very familiar with dioxins. Of course they are. So the question is, why is EPA unwilling to test for dioxins in the soil? Still now. And he writes, my guess is because they know they'll find it. Right. Yeah. And if they find it, they'll have to address the many questions people are asking. It will not be easy to interpret the results of the testing for dioxins in soil, but to avoid testing is irresponsible. The EPA's mission to protect human health and the environment, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Clearly, this situation in East Palestine 
is the place where EPA should follow its mission and do right by the people who live in this town. They got to test the soil for dioxins. And until I read that, I don't even know if I realized that. I thought they said they were doing all the testing that they needed to do. Yeah, a lot of this has been rather hinky, though. It has. Well, they didn't show up for a long time. And then they try to rewrite history and say, well, from the time it happened, we were on the ground there. Except no one in town remembered seeing anybody. Something's going on there, man. Well, of course there is. But how can you not be testing? Well, yeah, especially if you have people's backyard chickens dying. Yes. You know, I mean, that's that's one of those things. The thing that immediately comes to mind is that, you know, uh, canary in the coal mine isn't just a turn of phrase. Right. right. You're absolutely right about that. Which brings me to this. Um, I just happened to be listening to a conversation between Joe Rogan and Russell Brand. <laughs> and he, I got to tell you, it I was like really interesting. And all, all I could think is... Okay, these two guys were really much on the left for a long time. And both of them, from just speaking their mind, have been labeled right-wing kooks. Which, to my knowledge, neither one is. I mean, I seem pretty moderate, just sort of common sense like a lot of people. Not too sure what to think. But I thought this was interesting, especially from Rogan during this conversation. Thinking back a few years ago when he said he was going to vote for Bernie Sanders. So you can't label him, you know, MAGA guy or anything else. But he talked about how we just have no trust in the institutions or the leaders anymore. And he he goes back to the second Bush and see what you think of this. Roll it. So I think there's like a, a, a feeling of chaos that exists today that I don't think has ever existed in my life like this before. Even back during like the Bush administration when they thought, you know, everybody thought Bush was a moron. They they still thought this is a good cabinet and they, they, they're following all the checks and balances, even though they're probably extracting too much money and they probably there's probably a lot of cronyism and a lot of undercover deals and a lot of like no bid contracts with Halliburton and that yeah. kind of nonsense. He still thought they, they have things pretty under control. It's a very solid institution. Okay. You You agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that, that even though that was the feeling at the time, yeah. and I think he's talking about people more on the left or in the in the middle mm-hmm. that had that feeling, like even though, okay, as a people in the United States, we're going to be okay. I mean, the left hated him. No oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you, I get, and to me, I, I don't know, my perspective may be a little bit different because I was still in high school for most of the, uh, most of the Bush years, about half of the Bush years. Um, I... I I just I never got the feeling that the government actively hated America. Right. And I think that's what he's saying. Yeah. They they thought they were morons and everything else, but it wasn't it wasn't terrible for the country. But then talks about now. Nobody believes that now. You see Pete (laughs) Buttigieg and Kamala Harris and (laughs) and Biden can't get a sentence out. You're like, this is madness. These people are utter fools. And these are the people that are running everything. And these are the people that are getting us on the brink of war with Russia. And I don't have any faith in them. And I think most people don't. I think he's right. He's 100% right. But the loudest people are media and people that are on social media. But I think he's right about what most people are actually feeling. (laughs) When he gets it, like, effing Kamala Harris. These aren't serious people. This is a joke. Well, they're not. I know. 
This is a box-checking White House. And Period. People, and, yeah, people feel like they have to protect themselves, which is why. Uh, do we have a record, David? Uh, near record. The only reason okay. it's not a record is because, well, 2020, 2021, and 2022 were such huge years for the uh, gun industry. But now the FBI is reporting near record background checks for January and February, marking 41 straight months of 2 million or more background checks conducted. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow, Good. Man. Well, and, and dude, it's, it's one because there are a lot of areas that are crime ridden and it doesn't yep. seem like uh, local leaders are willing to do anything. So people are thinking, okay, I better get strapped. I better be ready. Yep. Uh, you've also got uh, constitutional carry being enacted in multiple states. Yep. Uh, and, I mean, you've also got Democrats actually talking about uh, doing a big old gun grab. They are more and more. And every time that comes out, oh, buddy. I, I, I tend to think that a lot of Democrats probably do have stock in, like, Smith & Wesson, uh, Wesson Holdings or something. Yeah. Just because they're going to make money. Every single time they talk about it, you got the ATF regulating pistol braces and things like that. And I mean, yeah, people go out and they want to buy it. You know, getting back to what Rogan said, too, I mean, there was a time when the district attorney was someone you trusted. Yes. Forget the CD it. CDC, FDA. It goes on. All of it, man. Yes. All of it. He's right, 100%. Okay. Speaking of no trust, the. A Fed meeting had to be called off. Why? Yeah, there, well, because somebody uh, hijacked the uh, online meeting and put, well, porn up on the screens. Uh, so there was this Jeez. Zoom group uh, and a guy named Dan who was on. Porn Dan. <laughs> on, on, no, no joke. Way. No, th no, the guy was identified as Dan on this virtual meeting. Kept sending porn images. <laughs> That's like the classic Nancy Grace it's thing. One of isn't my favorites, it? <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Oh my. Porn, Dan. Porn. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make that that's up. That's too perfect. So yeah, yeah, apparently somebody hijacked the meeting, and then they had to call it off after just a few minutes. Wow. Porn, Dan. Porn. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they had to shut down the meeting. Oh, gosh dang it. Oh goodness. Needed <laughs> that laugh. Okay, hold on a second. Who said it's crucial to use TikTok? This come from the White House? Yeah. We'll get to that much more coming up right here. Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, there's been a lot of talk about TikTok. I need to ban it in the United States. But hold on, it's crucial. Says who? Yeah, the the White House press secretary, Karine Jean Pierre. So there there does seem to be more and more bipartisan support for banning the Chinese spy app TikTok. Uh, several government agencies have banned it. The White House isn't using it, but the White House has also been actively letting TikTok influencers into the white house like they they love doing that yeah so it's like wait a minute whoa, 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 whoa. you get you got these these people who make a living on tiktok which you mm -hmm. acknowledge is a national security threat walking through the halls of the white house 
And you don't think there might be potentially any information gleaned from that? Yeah, but it would go to China. And China, they're our friends. Right. They're competitors, not adversaries. That's right. As Biden has said. Whatever you shoot, video you shoot with your phone, if you're a TikToker at the White House, just send it to Tucker Carlson. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure, the ins and outs outs of the safety concerns. So the press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, was asked about that dynamic, which seems to be at odds with where most people are at. Okay. As as I've mentioned before, the White House uh, clearly does not uh, uh, does not use TikTok. Uh, but one thing that we do believe in is meeting uh, the American people where they are. Uh, and the reality is, uh, some many of them, millions of them, are are are, are on this app. So. So what? Right. <laughs> it's a threat. To the country. So we engage with people who are using their own platforms. Uh, It's up to them on how they uh, use the content. Uh, But we've always said from here, this is something that we have said for a long time, that we're going to try to communicate with the American people and meet them where they are. But we are where they are. You tried to shut down information. You did on Twitter and Facebook. Also, uh, have been clear about the concerns that we have with this, uh, with uh, with apps like TikTok, and that's not going to stop. We've been clear about it. What's, the weird thing is, is I'm old enough to remember when Joe Biden was first entering the White House, there was a serious national security conversation being had about his freaking Peloton, his exercise bike, about whether or not it could be hacked, whether or not there would be any uh, biometric data that gets gleaned from that. But yeah, let's let a bunch of freak shows from TikTok show up and take video from inside the White House. That's I like fine. That, I like that we're going to meet people where they are because millions of people use it. Yeah. They enjoy it. So mm-hmm. we're going to let people download porn on all their government <laughs> yes. computers, too, because, well, millions of people enjoy it. Right. we got to ban guns. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? All right. So you don't get so freaked out. You like cheeseburgers, Scott, Love but them. you're trying to be healthier. Well, I don't need as many as I used to, put it that way. What is the country's healthiest cheeseburger? You want to guess? Oh, Wendy's. No. No. Okay. What a burger. Really? Yes, they base this on calories, fat, sugar, and sodium per ounce. In and out is second. Then rallies. And if you're wondering who finished dead last, McDonald's. Burger King. Oh. McDonald's was ninth or eighth. Five guys was ninth. Wendy's tenth. Watch it, man. I want a health kick. I'm eating Whataburger three times a day. That a boy. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Okay. Biggest story of the day. Was it that breaking story from earlier? I think, yeah. That, uh, I do, too. Well, Hunter Biden apparently had uh, helped out a Chinese government, well, Chinese military front acquire an auto manufacturer in the United States while Joe Biden was vice president, by the way. So it seems like, boy, some shenanigans may have been going on there. And also there's a question now about a couple of Russian oligarchs who aren't being sanctioned right now. And they just happen to have been rich Russians who went house hunting with Hunter Biden and had a meal with Joe Biden. Really? Isn't that interesting? <laughs> that is. Oh, well. It sounds like you're pushing forth all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And more on that. Straight ahead.
All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. It's an interesting story today. This Biden thing. Yeah, so there are a couple of different things, and it has to do with the screw-up crackhead son of the president, uh, Hunter Biden, mm-hmm. uh, and some of the business deals that maybe he had struck with, well, Chinese military-aligned companies. Mm-hmm. And the story yes. out of the Washington Examiner today is that his investment firm uh, helped strike a deal to take over a Michigan-based auto manufacturer on behalf of a company that has been deemed for decades as a national security threat by the U.S. government. Uh, And so this company takes over this large-scale automotive uh, manufacturing operation on behalf of the Chinese military with the help of the then-Vice President's son. And we do know from the documents that and testimony that were provided by an old business partner of Hunter Biden, that some of that money was getting funneled to Joe Biden. The big guy. The big guy. 10%. And then there's another story today published in the New York Post. Russian billionaires who shopped for property with Hunter Biden and dined with Joe Biden have somehow dodged sanctions. <laughs> Isn't this weird? So you're talking about coincidence. Yelena Buterina and Vladimir Hardname. Uh, they, uh, there's new information about these billionaires as they were hanging out with the uh, president's son and hanging out with the president himself uh, a few years ago. Uh, it's interesting to hear Michael McFall. This is a guy who used to be an ambassador to Russia under President Barack Obama told the Post, hey, look, I think at least one of these guys should be sanctioned. I don't understand why he hasn't been. As we're, well, we understand now. <laughs> yeah, right, of course we do. We do. Yeah. <laughs> and these are people who, uh, at least until recently, uh, managed Russian rocket and radar-making uh, company called RTI. Wow. And he admitted that he met with Hunter okay. Biden for breakfast at the uh, Ritz-Carlton in Manhattan in 2012. This is that Michael course. what? No, Michael McFall is the uh, yeah. former U.S. ambassador to Russia, and the new details are of this billionaire. He's back with the Doobie Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's a thought I have. See if you think it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people on the left want to make any story like this something about, well, th- listen, you people on the right, just give Hunter Biden a break. You just want to keep drudging up stuff on Hunter Biden because of his unfortunate past, and he's moved beyond that. Okay. Yeah. What I would argue is this now. Because he was a crackhead and because he had such a drug problem, that is why we know what we know now about these business dealings. And for all of the other people in government with very important gigs, maybe not the vice president, but higher ups may have similar deals, but they just didn't happen to have a crackhead son that would leave their laptop with somebody where all this information could come out. Because there's no doubt in my mind, and you hear people talk about this all the time, and I don't think it's crazy to think at all. The people that lead this country over time have sold us all out in a number of different ways. And a lot of that has to do with China. 
the manufacturing jobs. It started then. It was in the 90s. You know, Bill Clinton, Democrat, man of the people. Sorry about your job. It's moving over to China. Yeah. Got totally hosed by that guy. And just a little bit at a time, China becomes more influential. They get their tentacles into the country. Now we are where we are. I think it runs a whole lot deeper. But to the point right now, this guy's got to get out of office. It's not going to happen. I know that. But holy smokes. Well, and as far as giving Hunter Biden a pass because he had drug problems or whatever. Nope. uh, No, I'm not because liberals claim that I have some sort of privilege that killed George Floyd. So, no, you're talking about the most privileged man in America making millions of dollars off the family name. And perhaps his father was part of some corruption involving those business deals. Uh Uh-uh, he's not just a poor boy who was down on his luck, okay? No. (laughs) Dude, there's no better example of, quote, privilege than that guy. Okay. Gosh, dang it. You also saw this story as a new report out that FBI officials had argued against raiding Trump's residence, but it was the Department of Justice, their prosecutors, that pushed it. Right. Shouldn't be surprised by that. No. Okay. We could go on and on about all the corruption. Moving on to something else. In D.C., you've talked about this before. Forever, they wanted to make it its own state. Mm-hmm. Okay, because it would pad the Democrats with a few more seats. And it would give them more power. What is the latest story out of D.C. with the city council? Well, they, they found themselves in a weird spot. Democrats on the Hill have over this D.C. crime bill. The city council passed this updated criminal code that lowers penalties for violent crime, including carjackings, which have been a huge problem, also violent assaults. Mm -hmm. You would have lowered maximum penalties for this. It's insane, even to where the leftist mayor of D.C. vetoed it and then was overridden by the whack jobs on the D.C. city council. Well, because of the district's position as you know, the seat of government and whatnot, it's sort of its own thing. Congress has oversight over laws that they pass. And now it looks like enough Democrats and even the president himself are supporting knocking down this law, saying, no, go back to the drawing board. This is too far. Yeah, because they got to live there. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I mean, seriously, if it was somewhere else they didn't have to live or even visit, they'd go, that's fine. Oh, yeah, totally. Now, and again, this is at odds with the Democrats' position that D.C. should be its own state and have the right to govern itself as it sees fit. We want to empower ourselves, but we can't let these kooks really run it. Yeah, exactly. So Democrat Senator Tom Carper, actually, he's a big proponent of D.C. statehood, supports it, wants it, says they deserve the right to do it. But he says overruling them, yeah, that's a good idea in this case because, well, it's the right thing to do. And that's actually not in conflict with his position that D.C. should govern itself. Well, how is that? No, I, I, don't, think, I don't think so at all. In fact, if anything, it probably goes the other direction. The, uh, you know, I, I've mentioned golden rule, treat other people the way we want to be treated. People in Washington, D.C. deserve a vote in the Congress, in the House and the Senate. They've got more people in several states. They pay more taxes in a bunch of states on a per capita basis, and, and, and yet they don't have any representation. Uh, I think we need to be practical here. The, they're co- more people in the other states, but they're too dumb to govern themselves. Yeah. It's like Biden saying, it's like the parents, they can't do it. We need social workers. It's not that they don't have a good heart. They, don't, they just don't know how to do it. But they deserve it. The, their criminal code hasn't been updated for 100 years. They need to update it. And uh, they, they've made a mistake with respect to carjacking. Your record player, word, something, help them. 
They've made a mistake because I have to live here. <laughs> That's hysterical. Damn. They deserve it. They just can't do it on, the, on their no. own. They yeah. need help. Okay. Man, try to make that make sense somewhere in your head. Well, it's, they can't. It's, and, it's, I mean, they've really given away the game here about what the whole D.C. statehood thing really is. About. That's right. It is. It's about power. It's not about, you know, them being slightly more populous than Vermont and Wyoming. It has nothing to do with that. Because, listen, if you live in D.C. and you want representation in the House of Representatives, move two miles. Go to Maryland or Virginia, and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You will have that. Everyone knows if you live in D.C., you do not have a voting representative in Congress. You know it. Yes. You know, earlier I played a clip of Joe Rogan having a conversation with Russell Brand. Okay. I also have something to play for you from Russell Brand. And it has to do with everything we're sort of talking about today in that you don't have trust in the institutions. And there's corruption everywhere. Right. So you take a guy like Russell Brand, who's on the left, but then starts this podcast and just, you know, is just critically thinking about things. And he's coming to the conclusion, hey, this doesn't make sense. So many things that have happened over the last five years. And he kind of lays it out. And then how you can get, you know, labeled as a kooky right winger. But it's what he's noticed over the last few years. Let's see if you track with him. Like, this is what's interesting for me. is As we navigate this new and emergent space of being able to prevent, present counter-narratives uh, and continually, like all of us now, have like, experienced, oh, you're a right-wing conspiracy theorist, you've joined the alt-right, you're a gateway to this, the dark, yeah. all of that language <laughs> that grows up around it. Like, the, this, and I've heard you speak about this obviously a lot, but the, the truth is that who isn't sympathetic? Who, anyone that's got a family or loves someone is sympathetic perfected idea that people are going to have various types of identity around culture and religious expression and racial expression and uh, this is a conversation that the whole culture has to be involved in together right because we all have different thoughts on things but we have to be in it together Mm -hmm. and what he's going to get at is but people on the left they don't even want to have the conversation just want to rule right over you. Well, my issue is I don't think they believe in that stuff. I don't think they care. I don't think that they are creating an agenda to advance the interests of vulnerable people. I think no. they are using it as a distraction and a veil in order to carry on with the same kind of corporate and financial interests that have always determined what the establishment is. And if there's one thing we can point to in our lifetime is that the liberal establishment has become co-opted by the same forces that traditionally we regarded the right to have been co-opted by military industrial complex financial industry and there's i never heard anybody put it quite like that of course it makes sense that as far as those industries figured out you know what we can get away with the same stuff if we just appear like we really care about the little people Mm -hmm. and the marginalized and champion it and we'll do the esg stuff you know all of that the dei stuff see we care as we rake in money and get more and more power. And there's now, like, there's power. What happened? Yeah. And there's now, like, there's palpable evidence for that. And in order to not acknowledge that that transition's taken place, they're able to keep the cultural conversation going. We care about your right to express yourself and your identity. That's a way of not acknowledging we're just the same. We're pro-war. Yeah. And in the end, it's about power and money. I think that's what it's about, not just in the United States, but the entire world. Is that too way out there? Does that make sense? 
No, I no. Everything's upside down. Yeah. I mean, I talked about this earlier about my dad being a Democrat and grew up in a Democratic house. So the Democrats were the middle class, lunch pail, blue collared party. That's what they were. They're not that anymore. Well, no. But and at the same time, they're, they're, you, you look at all the corruption out of D.C. It's not just Democrats. Well, no, well, no. It's Republicans, too. And I keep asking myself the question, what is this all about? Because it's not just common sense. It's far beyond that. Look at the money spent in elections. Where's all that money coming from? I mean, if you're running for Congress, you spend $3 million. Yeah. To be, you know, I mean, of course you owe people things. Yes. But those people in power, when you, I don't know, suck the United States dry enough you're going to get money from other nations wherever you can to grab yourself and yes. again again what hey listen we gave you a lot about a little something something here exactly this is how it works yes yeah it's corrupt to the core okay i got a lighter story well it's lighter for us it's not lighter for scotty pippen former bull grade oh gosh okay uh maybe you got some issues within the family or some old friends i don't know if it goes quite like this as, of course, Scottie Pippen will always be thought of in the same as Michael Jordan, at least in the same sentence, because of all of those, you know, Bulls championships. And it was iconic. And, of course, the Netflix special, everybody watched and everything yeah. else that was on ESPN. OK, if you didn't know this, the ex-wife of Scottie Pippen, Larsa Pippen, is dating Marcus Jordan, Michael Jordan's son. Yeah, there was weird. a huge falling out between Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan after the ESPN special came out a few years back. How weird. Because Scotty Pippen put out a book that ripped on Michael Jordan pretty good. So the question recently was on the Tamron Hall show, how's Michael handling this? Well, he says he's fine with his son dating Scotty Pippen's ex. She's 48. Marcus is 32, by the way. Hmm. I'm not crazy. Um, said they're they're all happy our whole family's fine but it sounds like scotty isn't taking this quite as well scotty pippen's ex larsa said he has a right to feel the way he feels i personally don't care what other people feel i feel like i live my truth i'm happy (laughs) heck yeah (laughs) oh my goodness wait till steve kerr's daughter starts dating horace grant You're in this guy's shadow forever. You're still bitter about it. And your ex is dating his son. Oh, that's a bad day. All right, news update straight ahead. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, is it a stretch to say that the Attorney General this week said, you know, it's tough to catch these people that have been, you know, fire bombs at uh, pregnancy centers? Yeah. Because uh, they do it at night and it's dark. Yeah. It's harder. Yeah. Well, now we know why the old Obama crew had such trouble with ISIS. You know, it's hard to track down ISIS because they're, they're doing a lot of bombing at night. And uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> we got to get we got to get our eight hours, man. 
It wasn't until we had night vision that we could take him out finally. Right. I'm still blown away by that. Oh, jeez. Of everything Merrick Garland said this week. So as we get ready to put together our Friday Five, countdown we do every week, <laughs> trying to figure out, you know, hey, have we ever done songs with night in the title? Night? Yes. Well. And I didn't have it on my list. No. And I think the reason we've never done it is because there's so many. It's a long, long list. So then we had to somehow whittle it down. Got a few standouts, though. Well, yeah. But how do you whittle it down? Because there's so many. So we limited it to five, uh, top five picks, and then seven honorable mentions for our countdown. But we took it from the Ranker list. Ranker.com. Because they'll do all sorts of lists and stuff like that. So we took their list of the greatest night songs of all time. There's 100. The thing was, man, from the Ranker list... To me, they missed some big songs. Yeah, yeah we we did vote on them. We didn't take the list completely from them. No, that's just, what I'm saying. You, we each got to pick five and then the seven examples. honorable right. mentions. Yeah. Yes. So that's how we put together our list of the greatest night songs of all time. Yeah. Now, if you want to get in early, the number is 210-619-2053. Again, 210-619-2053. Our Friday Five. Songs with night in the title. Next. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Friday? That means the Friday Five. That's countdown we do every Friday, and it starts like this. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Anybody wants to get mellow, you can get the f*** out of here, all right? The Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Friday Five, we do it every week. It's our countdown, and inspired by one, well, Merrick Garland, of all people. We're doing songs with night in the title. Um, Now, if you don't know the reference to that, he was talking about um, these pro-abortion terrorists, and it's hard to arrest them because they commit crimes at night. (laughs) What? Those who are attacking the pregnancy resources centers are doing this at night. Um, in the dark, we'll see. Uh, we have uh, uh, asked, uh, put uh, um, uh, rewards out mm. for this, uh, but um, uh, these people who are doing this are clever and are doing it in secret. Mm. Clever in secret. Yeah. yeah people, even though they say Jane's revenge was here. Yeah. <laughs> Very few people create crimes in the wide open. Usually it is secret. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And at night. Yeah. So what yeah. are the greatest songs of all time with night in the title? The number's 210-619-2053. Again, we had to take it from the ranker list, and then we picked ours from there. And there's a lot of them, so we're going to have to move fast. No doubt about it. Mm -hmm. Who's first today? Let's talk to Mary in Delaware. Hey, Mary. Hi, guys. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Mary. You got in quick. (laughs) I did. (laughs) 
didn't nice. have to dial a couple hundred times. <laughs> 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 I know. <laughs> so what you think? Anyway. Oh, no. Did we lose her? Oh. Me all night long. Now I'm here. Oh, okay. okay. Go ahead. What was your pick again? Okay. I uh, There's so many, but I picked You Shook Me All Night Long by H-E-D-C. <laughs> oh, here we go again. Mary, all right. The you are so is alive. Yes. awesome. Number one. <laughs> Iconic H-E-D-C song. Yep. Best of time. Iconic. A deserving number one. And I can say that even though it wasn't my number one. If I remember right, I had it at three. It was my number one. I think so. Yeah, you had it at three. And Scott and I had it at number one. Yeah. I guess I could explain that when we get to it. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, I remember when this took on another life when it started getting played at wedding receptions. Oh, yeah. And that wasn't when it first came out. That was like ten years later. You had grandpas and grandmas out there. It was awesome. <laughs> my dad, my dad at a wedding reception danced to this song, and I always called him dancing. It was running man in place because that's how he danced. He just, just ran in place. <laughs> All right, Mary, good job. Who's next? Uh, let's talk to Woody in Vancouver. Hey, Woody. Hey guys, love your show. I don't blame Jesse Smollett for trying to get a new trial. If he can get ABC News respected journalist Robert Roberts on the jury, he's got it made. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah he's true. innocent. Yes, that is true. My song, Eddie Rabbit's 1980s mega hit, I Love a Rainy Night. Oh, yeah. I love a rainy night. <laughs> yeah, I love a rainy night. That can be an earworm, too. It, it might be seven hours later, you might be still singing this. <laughs> well, I love a rainy night. Didn't quite crack the top five, but it was, I think this is one of the toughest fives to, to crack, to be honest, well, of any countdown we've done. Yeah, and a lot of iconic songs, too, that you yes. have to kind of whittle down. You know, that was supposed to be the same tempo of a, a windshield wiper. I remember you telling that me that. Yeah. Yeah. That they did that on purpose. Nice fact. And it's not that. until the end of it we also realized not only does he love a rainy night, he loves her too. But it took him three minutes to get there. <laughs> now, there. on with the countdown. <laughs> the Friday Five. Who's next? Let's talk to Chris in Washington. Hey, Chris. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, Chris. What you thinking today? Uh, kiss. I want to rock and roll on all night long. Yeah, rock and roll all, all night. night and party, party every, every day. day. Yep. Oh, my goodness. That did not crack the top five. I am surprised. That's a 10 for Iconic. Oh, yeah. It's got to be a 10 for Test of Time. Mm-hmm. But not a favorite. I, I, I burn out on it, man. Yeah. I mean, I understand that. I mean, if I'm listening to old Kiss records... There's probably 15 Kiss songs I've listened to before this, but it's still, it's still like it. Yeah, I Who think, did not have it? I think Scott didn't have it. I didn't have it. Oh. Yeah. And I and love it, Kiss. And it was lower on both your, I think it was number five for you, Jamie, maybe? Or that was sounds it number right. four? It was, yeah, for Somewhere one of there. us, it was four and five, respectively. Okay. And it, we had enough differences of opinion in the top five, our individual list, that, Got well, it. math, Got the better a kiss. Okay. 
But for the record, it was because of Scott. Because if he had voted for it, it oh, it would have been in there. If, yeah. if Scott, I was a Kiss fan in. before yeah. you guys were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot that means right now. Okay, on with the countdown. <laughs> Night songs. Uh, the numbers two one zero six one nine two zero five three. And who's next? Uh, let's talk to Johnny in Salina, Kansas. Happy Friday, brothers. <laughs> John, hey. Johnny. Happy Friday, bro. Yep. How you guys doing, man? How you doing? doing great, dude. Great to hear from you. It's it's great. We get beautiful weather here today. It's flying, man. It's like 60 degrees and very flat. I don't know. Kind of, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, but anyway, yeah. you know, you guys, people already chose a lot of the songs I was going to. I was going to guess, I was going to tell you about my night moves on Monday nights I used to have. I was going to tell you about how Saturday nights are right for fighting, but yeah, I know they already get that. But I'm just going to tell you, I think this pick kind of describes Joe Biden's uh, evenings every day, man. It's got to be rough. He's got to have a hard day's night, man. (laughs) (laughs) Not bad. Yes, that was good. Way to put that together. I like it. I'm looking, man. Do Do we have it? Do we have it? We better have it. Number two. Okay. It's been a hard day's night, and I've been working like a dog. That was my number one. It's been a hard day's night. Because it's a 10 and a 10, like a lot of these songs. Yeah. And, okay. Story time. If you don't mind. All right. I'll take 10 seconds. My Aunt Dee had a bunch of Beatles records, so when I was a little kid, I played the 45s on my little phonograph all the time. I cannot tell you how many times I listened to that song and Paperback Writer from the Beatles. Yeah. And I've never gotten tired of it. So I still really yeah, like that song. Tune. Yeah. What's interesting is, as I'm always the one that said, you hate the Beatles, which I don't. But Scott, you didn't even have it on your no. top five. No, I didn't. I know, that was I crazy. love a lot of Beatles tunes, but that's not one of them. I don't yeah. love that song. Wow. Oh, I love rock too song. hard. I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah rock, it, it was, rocks way too hard. It, it was just behind on the personal light to you shook me all night long. Yeah. For me personally. I get that. Yeah. Okay. So we got number one in there with ACDC, number two with the Beatles. And who's next, David? Uh, let's talk to Brian and Gresham. Hey, Brian. Hey, guys. Aloha Friday. Oh, aloha, Brian. Good vibes you know, there, man. What you got today? On this next artist, I'm surprised that Biden hasn't referred to him as the main singer or the piano player for Captain Tennille, but I'm going with Elton John, Saturday Nights, All Right for Fighting. Yeah. Number four. I don't think I've ever gotten tired of that song either. It's a great song. (laughs) It is a great song. Yes. I've said this. I think every time we play Elton John, the string of albums in like a four-year period was astounding. The amount of great songs. He's, he's the uh, latest artist to turn down the Prince's Ball. Oh, the King's Coronation. Oh, the King? Coronation. Yeah. King Coronation. Oh, yeah. With, with Prince Charles moving to the kingship. Yeah. They've asked everybody. They're at Black Oak, Arkansas now. <laughs> <laughs> But, man, we could go on about that Elton, the Beatles, all these bands that had, you know, these great albums in like a four- or five-year period. Yeah. You don't see that anymore. You just no. don't. Okay. On with the countdown. Night songs. Who's next? Uh, we got Mary in Panama City. Hey, Mary. Hey, guys. How's it going? Mary, Good. great. How are you doing? 
I'm good. I haven't been able to get through for so long. I thought you guys had blacklisted me or something. No, Heck no. no we we're like, you. where's Mary at? Yeah. Need the Panama City vibes. I'm on listening to you all the time, but I just haven't been able to get through lately. But anyway, I got through today. I'm texting my brother, as always, in Georgia. So we're we're with you every Friday and other, awesome. all the other days, too. But anyway, um, how about Billy Squire, Lonely is the Night? Wow. Lonely is the night when there's no left to call. She's just trapped further into Van Camp's heart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Might need, make, might need to make a market visit to Panama City. Yeah. It was hard for me to keep this out of the top five. I was it surprised was. you didn't, just because of your but undying love for Billy Squire. I, I, well, just, okay, so the backstory here, I love this song. I've always loved this song. But uh, for whatever reason, when my daughter, baby Chuck, was born, Billy Squire was one of those artists that whenever he came on, she would fall asleep in the truck. Like, she could be fussy, whatever. I put on Billy Squire. So I have his entire catalog now. There you go. Because baby Chuck loved it. Thank yeah. God for your wife or your son that had been called Billy Squire Van Camp. <laughs> that and... <laughs> yeah, I tried. I actually tried. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was that and White Snake and Rush. Wow. Man, oh, man. Good choices. It's all, it's all bands that our old cover band used to play. <laughs> Get the band, get Van Camp in the band. We're putting it back together. Here We're we doing go. Billy Squire and White Snake and all that stuff. Okay, Friday Five. It's our countdown we do every week. Songs with night in the title. We're still looking for number three and number five. And there's so many good honorable mentions to get to. The number is 210-619-2053. And we'll wrap it up. Coming up next, Raider. Van Camp and Robbins show. Thank you for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Got a news update in just about 12 minutes. Apparently drag shows are important for kids. We're hearing that from the White House today. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Before we get there, we got to wrap up our Friday Five. Greatest songs of all time with Night in the title. Yeah. There's your number one, ACDC. You shook me all night long. Beatles at two with a hard day's night. Also heard Elton John Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting at number four. We're still looking for number three and number five. And back to it, David. Uh, let's talk to Mark in Virginia. Hey, Mark. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey, Mark. Mark, thanks for checking in, man. Happy Friday to you, right? You too. You bet. Yes. Hey, I'm thinking about one of the all-time rock guides of bands, Van Halen, Dance the Night Away. Yes, sir. Number three. That's Tessa Timer. Yeah. That's a big hit. I love that song. I got to admit, as a big Van Halen fan, I went through a period of time where I really didn't want to hear that song anymore. I'll bet. It was a little tired, and it didn't rock as hard as the other stuff. And then, there's, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, and I heard it again. And I'm like, what a great song, man. And then I've never gotten tired of it again. Love hearing it. Okay. All we're looking for left is number five, and then our honorable mentions. 
Okay, who's next, David? Well, let's, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's talk to Kelly in Pensacola. Hey, Kelly. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing Hi, great, Kelly. Kelly. How are you? I'm doing all right. I I had a few in mind, but I went with uh, one that I probably like the most. Okay. So I'm going to say Night Fever by the Bee Gees. Bee Gees. You know what, man? Okay, do I reach for this song? Maybe not. I never mind hearing it, though. It's not a lot of disco I can say that about. I don't know. Is that one of those things where it's like a memory? Like you think of your mom or your sister or something like that. It's like, oh, yeah. You play this all the time. It was my first year in radio as a teenager. Working nights. Oh, yeah. You had the satin pants, and they told you to get a size bigger because it was too revealing. <laughs> well, yeah, I remember. It was intimidating. It was like you got an armadillo in your trousers. <laughs> it's crazy, man, especially when you're dancing. Well, anyway, story for another time. Okay, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Anthony in Oregon. Hey, Anthony. Hey, what's going on, guys? Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Anthony. You're feeling it. What Good you got Lord, today? My finger got tired. I've been dying for a half hour. <laughs> Thanks for the effort, but man. You know Seriously, what? appreciate that. Yes. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna dedicate this song to Get a Life, my Dorcas, and Bob Seger, Night Moves. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Number five. Working on a night moves. Just curious. Trying to make some front page. Personal like one to ten for night moves. Where is everybody? Working on a night moves. Probably an eight. I'm at about a four. Okay, I, I don't really care for this. Song, I don't hate it. It's just, eh. I wonder how much memories has to do with how much I like this song. Probably. Yeah, at least eight. Okay, that sounds kooky. That's like an old friend. That song. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's just kind of comfy. You fall right back into place. Yeah, that's good. I saw him on that tour. Really? Yeah. That was like the height of his powers. Right around it, it. was. He blew the place up. I bet he did, yeah. man. They were rocking pretty hard in those days. Okay. Um, we got a bunch of honorable mentions. We got time for another caller. Should we get to him? Uh, yeah, let's talk to John in Portland. Hey, John. Hey, gentlemen. Love your show. Love everything you guys do. Oh, thanks, let's John. Let's go with uh, the biggest proponent in the 70s of gun control and seizing your guns, the southern rock band Leonard Skinner, <laughs> Mr. Saturday Night Special. Yes. Mr. Saturday Night Special. I think you know the answer to the question I'm about that. You know what band does a killer cover of this? Oh, it's Tesla. Yes, it is. Oh, no, really? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. You know, and we'll always get comments after we're done with the countdown of, hey, you missed, you know, this song or that song. And it's like, yeah, we had it. Nobody called for it. We just didn't get to it. There was like one of these nights from the Eagles. It was huge. Yeah. And no doubt about that. Um, I know, Scott, you wanted to hear Van Morrison. Somebody will mention Rush Jimmy, too. They always do. Yes. You didn't have it in your five, though. You know, and then David's favorite. Gosh, I hate this song. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. <laughs> uh, okay. Ponderous. Biggest story of the day is something Brief we got to get an update on. Song. Gloom. <laughs> Golly. Remember that part of the song? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
Dude, my early days in rock radio was still playing the seven-minute, 14-second yeah. version of that thing. To breathe deep together in gloom. Yes. No wonder you smoked on the air. <laughs> Better believe it. Uh, so the biggest story of the day we have an update on. Uh, yeah, we got an update here. Uh, drag shows are... <laughs> What's more depressing? Drag shows are good for kids. Uh, drag shows. Hey, hey, why, why is anybody trying to uh, ban family-friendly drag shows, man? Unbelievable. That and much more coming up. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the Millennial, David Van Camp, and the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, okay, uh, so you've got multiple states. What, how is it that media always frames it? Rolling back LGBTQ rights. By talking about not letting doctors castrate uh, healthy young boys or remove the breasts of healthy young girls because they're confused about their gender. Because they understand how to brainwash a society. Right. So they're they've learned it from past generations. Right. Yeah, that that's so you got that going on and then I guess the governor of Tennessee is uh promoting an effort to ban uh child friendly drag shows on public property. And apparently this is a, a national crisis now that people would be doing, I don't know, common sense things that most people if they really take politics out of it, don't have a problem with at all. Correct. Uh, apparently, the White House is very disappointed. Uh, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre was asked about it today at the briefing. Okay. What does the White House make of these laws, and is there anything you can do or planning to do about these laws? So I'll say this. The American people are focused on so many issues. We just talked about economy. We just talked about inflation. We're talking about safer safer communities and schools uh, and good health care, all of the things that you all ask me every day. And you all know that's what the American people care about. That's what, even when they went to vote uh, in November, those were the issues that mattered the most uh, to them. But instead of... Okay. All right, so you're saying why are you even bringing this up then? Are you chastising the reporter? If so, good, because I get the feeling you're not. No. You're going after something else. But instead of doing anything to address those real issues uh, that are impacting American people, right now you have a governor from Tennessee has decided to go after drag shows. What sense does that make to go after drag shows? How is that going to help people's lives? Well, what sense does it make to have drag shows for children? What sense does that make? If you don't think that topic is important to parents, Golly. then you're dumber than we even thought. Well, get out of your and stupid bubble for flat a second. Out not paying attention to what's going on in society. Talk to real people. Like I said, a show of hands. Who's in favor of kindergartners watching men dress like women and be provocatively dancing and storytelling? Who wants that? Very few. Very few. I mean, I can't wrap my head around this. It's indoctrination. What would you, I mean, how do you, I mean, how does she sit there and defend that? 
Because I guess it's because we've had this it, man. slippery slope that have, has led us to this point, I, and they just keep saying, "Well, you're putting people in danger," <laughs> and there's going to be uh, more assaults on trans people if you don't let the drag queens around the kids. It's <laughs> and crazy. there's enough dopey people that buy into that. It, uh, yeah, it's it's absolutely nuts, man. Whatever you do, don't pray. But here comes the drag show. <laughs> <laughs> totally permissible. I don't know if you happen to see it. I didn't know this had happened until I saw Tucker Carlson's show last night where there was a local pastor that was protesting oh, yeah. a family-friendly drag show with kids. Yeah. And he got thrown out of the building. He got shoved down. Oh, yeah, like hit his head on the back of the cement. Right. But he's the one that got arrested. Yes. Yeah. They came to his house. Yeah. And then the cops are trying to get in the way of a guy that's trying to film it. It, yeah. it was crazy. It was like stuff that you've read about in yeah. history where rights all of a sudden are just being eroded all over the place. And there are so many people that just don't stand up and say anything about it. How does it. this help your child learn when they're in second grade with men dressed as women dancing provocatively on a stage? Because How if- does this help? If you have a certain world vision and you want to infiltrate the kids, you do it as early as it's possible. So it's sick and evil. Dumb. And in, in a, yeah. Again, and, and in some cases, it's not rocket science. There are bad people out there who want to diddle children. I mean, yep. that's it. Again, not saying every person who performs drag, especially if you're exclusively performing drag in front of adults, but whatever, man. I think it's weird, but go go for it. I don't care. Not every drag queen is a, is is a pedophile or a diddler, but there are a lot of diddlers who take the route of drag queen. Yep. Just go with percentages. We live in an analytical society. But it's just like <laughs> look at the numbers. We're so split and we can't we can't come together on anything. That would seem to be the one thing that would bring people together like no, this isn't right. Agree. This is a wrong thing. Can we all agree on that? No, we can't. The thing is, there are enough people that know that it's wrong, but are too afraid to say anything. Gee whiz, because man. they could lose their Come standing on. with their friends, they could lose their jobs, they could lose a whole lot of things, and they just want comfort. Makes me nuts, man. I know. Golly. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Okay, usually uh, you get a little riled up during your own trifecta. Yeah. You're already starting. I know. Pretty irritated. You sure you want to do this today? You don't want to take a day off of the old trifecta? It's up to you, man. No, I don't want to take a day off. <laughs> I know you did. Are you ready? <laughs> it's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, Scott Robbins trifecta. And always helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Okay, Casey. <laughs> Bunch of college basketball tournaments going on this weekend. You want to watch? You want to come over? Three. He didn't answer. Well, it's, I you think know, he's ready for the countdown. He's a professional broadcaster, Scott. Gosh, I mean, he understands. You got to get to Have it. a little fun. Come on, man. Three. Uh, Joe Biden wants uh, $1.6 billion to fight COVID relief fraud. Uh, that's, you're not misspeaking. The president plans to ask Congress for $1.6 billion to tackle historic, in quotes, levels of fraud linked to the government's COVID relief programs. Now, the White House made this announcement yesterday. 
So more money to battle losing money. I'm going to take more fraud to fix the fraud. You see how this works? Yes. This is insane. We're getting closer and closer to number one. Scott Robbins trifecta, top three of the day. Two. How did we piss away millions of dollars? We need to spend $1.6 billion to find out. Yeah. Look how they gave it away. It's easy to find out how <laughs> the fraud yeah. happened. I don't know why we're in such bad shape. Okay, yeah. Two. Number two, the Toronto Raptors had to apologize for making a Women's History Month video. Yeah, it's what? Women's History Month, and the NBA's Toronto Raptors decided to do a video. Seems kind of innocuous, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, for the latest, the Raptors players were part of the video presentation to play for the fans. They uh, went on and they uh, declared that women are to be celebrated for a variety of reasons. And several of the players said, hey, they gave birth to my son or my daughter or my mom gave birth to me. I applaud that. Okay, that sounds nice. Can't enough. do that! What? No! Why? Toronto Raptors then issued an apology quickly for posting this video for Women's History Month. They said our sincerest apologies to the players, our staff, and our fans. We'll work to do better today and every day. Because after all, not only women can have children, so can men. Hold on a second. Even if you buy into this goofy <laughs> thought that a biological dude can say he's a woman and he is, mm -hmm. then that person would still identify... As a woman, correct? No. Are there any dudes that still identify as dudes that say they're pregnant? Uh, no. Not that I'm aware of. Well, I think two. So it's the women that say that they're dudes that get pregnant. They Is that who we're protecting here from the left? Yeah, well, here, here's... Who the left is protecting? Here's the actual video that they put up. Oh, you got it. And okay. they, yeah. And... Girls born in the world because they're the only one that can procreate. They birth everybody. All women are great because they're all queens. That was it. I mean, they're not. Okay. I mean, technically, I, I, I'm under the impression that procreation is a two-person job. But so, I mean, you could say, okay, nobody is. <laughs> but Well, they're certainly not all queens. So both of those were false. <laughs> just, so, I mean, kind of awkward, cringy. Yeah. yeah, just do away with the whole damn month entirely. Yeah. Then, that's what you want. Then go ahead. Wow, man! But they apologized for it. Of course, we need to do better. We'll work on it. Wow. So what? What was? Anytime somebody again? that happens, we're sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. Didn't mean it. We thought we were trying to pander to you. We didn't realize we offended you. So sorry. Yeah, you can have a player ask to say something great about women, and reply, "I'm sorry, but I'm not a biologist." By the way, I have a personal anecdote. Yeah. If you want it before we move on, it's up to you. Sure. Why so, not? Okay. I asked my wife last night, hey, are you happy that it's Women's History Month? What? It's Women's History Month. What is that? I don't know if you've seen We just finished Black History Month. It's now Women's History Month. And I was just curious. I don't care. Who cares about that stuff? <laughs> We don't even know. We don't even know collectively what a woman is anymore. And I'm thinking to myself, how many women across the United States don't give a rip? But every company feels like they've got to do something, or they're going to get called out by the mob. So March is Women's History Month. Yes. Yes. You know sir. what? I just I had to look this up again because it was rattling around in the back of my brain. You know, March is actually uh, 
one of the two months out of the year where divorce rates peak. It's March and August. Okay, so, so is that because of Valentine's Day, right? Somebody drops the ball? That was the old theory. Or it's actually, we all got it wrong. The original intent of Women's History Month was a month where women said, History! Bye. <laughs> now, on with the countdown. It's called Get Out the Checkbook Month if you're a guy. <laughs> the Scott Robbins trifecta top three of the day up to number one. That's not fair. They can earn two. Wait. Uh, num- yeah. Number one, uh, Ron DeSantis's uh, comms woman, Christina Peshaw, uh, dunked on Vice News in a big way. In a small way, but in a big way. Vice News was going after Ron DeSantis. They all are now. They said, you know, if Ron, San- Ron DeSantis gets his way, and he likely will, diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts will be eliminated from every public college university in Florida. Yes. And Christine Peshaw said, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there you have it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best ad ever for Ron DeSantis for president right there. Yes. There's no out- That's what people want. <laughs> because it's nonsense. What are we outraged about? Yes, let's actually have that national conversation that you always say you want. Right. But you really don't. All right. You all right there, Robinson? I'm fine. That's good. It's going to be all right. This whole what's a woman stuff is making me News update and Nimrod's in the news straight ahead. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Man, this is pretty interesting. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis already has liberals making up conversations in their heads. Remember they used to do this with Trump all the time? It was like, my four-year-old watched the president's speech. (laughs) Yes. And he said, Mommy, is this still America? (laughs) We both cried. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) which is really code for my husband sits down when he pees. Anyway, (laughs) Debbie, uh, what's her name? Mucarcel Powell, former Florida congresswoman. Uh, She's a Democrat. She's now working with a gun grabbing group. She writes, yesterday I had conversations with longtime Florida Republicans. They told me they are done with DeSantis and want change. He's a Dictator. He's too extreme. <laughs> this is not Cuba. You remind us of Castro. God. Don't give up hope, Florida. We are bright purple. We can get our state back. That conversation never happened. I guarantee you. What Florida Republican, after witnessing what happened in November, is going, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with Ron DeSantis. With one exception, Donald Trump. He's the only Florida Republican who's probably like, well, right. hey, I got to... Because he sees him as a competitor. Right. The way he fights woke culture is just too mean. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, as this state has taken Jeez. a, like, 20-point swing to the right, <laughs> now they're like, but that's too far. Bah. No. Right. That, that conversation never happened. No, totally agree. All right, with that, it's time for Nimrod's in the News. This is fun. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Ian. It's Nimrod's in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. 
All right. Tim Rods of the News. We'll go ahead and start in Florida. I'm sure Wyatt Guy here, 34 years old, he's probably one of those Republicans saying it's gone too far with this <laughs> Well, the other day, um, he got a code enforcement notice uh, saying, hey, you got to clean up your property, man. Oh, yeah. So he set up a small fire in a pit to burn some stuff. <laughs> As one Unfortunately, got out of hand. Hmm. Really? Fire jumped to a boat on his property. Oh, boy. And then to his house. Became engulfed in flames. Did I mention that uh, Wyatt was a fugitive, by the way? Oh. So the police and fire department showed up, and that's when Wyatt ran into the house to avoid them. The house is on fire. (laughs) (laughs) He was wanted for violating his probations on several felony charges, including burglary, did not want to be taken to jail. So he locked himself inside the burning house for like 10 minutes. Oh. Then came to his senses, ran out. Yeah. Like, hey, Wyatt. He's like, uh, I'm not Wyatt. Uh, my name's Dylan. <laughs> no, you're Wyatt. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was just, I went in to save my dogs. Uh, no, no, you're arrested. <laughs> Facing multiple charges now. Dylan Wyatt does sound like a, like a 1950s country crooner. <laughs> or, yes. Or a 17th century poet. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah. Then we have this couple that was staying at the Excalibur Resort in Vegas a couple weeks ago. They noticed this weird stuff happening in their room. Uh, It seemed like there was stuff knocked over in the bathroom. They didn't know what was going on. They thought, man, there's some strange sounds in the walls. And then they got up and they're looking in their shower because they're there like three days. Is that pee in the shower? Did you pee in the shower? No, I didn't pee in the shower. That looks like whiz in there. Couldn't figure it out. Turns out it was a cat. They woke up one night, 4 a.m., cats just in the room staring at them. Oh. How freaky is that? Yeah. So they called security, but it was very difficult for them to get the cat out because it had discovered a hiding place under the sink. Yep. It's a small crevice, Yep. and the staff had to actually take the cabinet apart to get the cat out. They can do that. Well, a couple later found out there was a couple there before them that had their cat there that thought the cat just ran out. They lost the cat. Oh, geez. It was that cat. Unfortunately for the cat, they put it down. Darn. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. I'm just joking. They don't that. <laughs> and that's Nimrod's in the news.